Free signups are the lifeblood of a product-led business. The more quality signups you get, the easier it is to grow. Yet, most companies don't have a process for getting more signups. That's why here at Product-Led, we created a new training program called Product-Led Acquisition. It's a four-week live training course that shows you exactly how to create SaaS landing pages that convert. And in this program, we'll teach you how to choose which features to show on your page, define the structure for your page, write every single headline with repeatable formulas, and create high converting visuals without any design experience. And the best part of this entire program is all of the copy will be completed during the workshops. So no doing homework and slaving away at the end of the program. No, you're actually gonna be doing it during the workshop and building this landing page. So this means you'll walk away with a fully written landing page and you'll have a battle-tested formula that is repeatable and will help you get a 10% uplift in signups. And our first training for this program kicks off on February 20th. To learn more, go to productled.com forward slash ACQ. That's productled.com forward slash ACQ. Hope to see you in the program. I'm here today with Osman Koch, who is the co-founder and CEO of User Guiding, which is a no-code onboarding platform that transforms user onboarding to drive radical product growth. And today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about time to value, which is obviously a huge important metric in the onboarding world, and specifically how we can deliver that value proposition at lightning speed. So before I even jump into these most the most critical element of a product-led company, I would love to hear more about user guiding specifically. And so Asmund, do you just kind of want to give a rundown of what user guiding is, just so our listeners are aware? Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, it's Osman, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of User Guiding. Yeah, uh, we can start with uh, what we are doing in User Guiding. We basically help uh, web applications to improve their product adoption processes without coding. With our tool, product managers, customer success, or customer support managers can create seamless onboarding processes in minutes. Uh, we serve almost uh, 1,000 companies from 70 different countries. Oh, amazing. So let's kind of set a stage for our listeners of like what a good onboarding experience looks like. Obviously, there are bad years at onboarding experiences and there are okay ones. What does a great one look like? Uh, yeah, frankly speaking, actually, I don't want to be a salesy guest in this great podcast, but uh, actually ease onboarding is one of the best uh, unique selling points in user guiding. And we get we get lots of positive feedbacks about it. Actually, I can start how our onboarding looks like. After working with hundreds of companies and analyzing their user onboarding flows, we continuously iterated our own onboarding process tens of times. Um, I don't want to bore anyone uh, with all the details, but I can share a few quick tips with the audience to explain 
what a great onboarding experience looks like. The first one, I know it sounds cliche, but I have to mention it. In onboarding, less is still more, uh, especially at the beginning. We always suggest our users, our clients, subscribers, don't ask for any information you don't absolutely need. Don't force any action to be taken if you don't have them. This is our rule of thumb. In short, fewer clicks and minimum configuration requirements uh, will optimize your product's time to value. Secondly, uh, you need to give uh, your customers a chance to discover your product for themselves. This was one of the biggest mistakes that we also did in the first months of user guiding. I can understand product managers, actually, they have put a great amount of effort and energy in product development. And they also want to, people discover their advanced, the most advanced version of their product. But you just need to give some time to your end users to understand your value propositions. Many onboarding tools have some great features uh, called resource centers, checklists. They are super helpful to give some time to your end users, but you should definitely build them Build a comprehensive user onboarding uh, design, but pop-ups, announcement models should not appear everywhere, like on cheap uh, websites. Yeah, last but not least, it should be an ongoing process as well. It's like playing a game, actually, and it takes a long time to give your all value. But the first goal of your user onboarding process should be lead the users the real, the main aha moment. You need to start with the main value of your product instead of super sexy features that requires many initial steps. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so when we talk about onboarding and just kind of that, I'm going to get back to the ongoing process that, that you just mentioned, because I do think that that is a huge part of onboarding in general. But I do want to talk about just that first few minutes of onboarding. We've heard many people in this in this community kind of talk about how the first seven minutes are the most important part of the journey. So I kind of wanted to get your take on that. And how do you shorten that time and why is it so important for that first seven minutes to get your audience's attention? Uh, yeah, actually, when we take a look at the average session duration for uh, BDB SaaS, it absolutely depends on the industry, but it is around two to three minutes, actually. Imagine a founder uh, puts great effort, energy, pay, and money, and... Most of the users actually are spending only two minutes, uh, three minutes on her dashboard. Uh, it sounds like a nightmare to me. But when we are talking about the first seven minutes, 10 minutes, actually, these initial steps of your onboarding is the most critical one because it's not about actually uh, your direct or indirect competitors. It's not about your onboarding. It's not about your product's uh, value proposition, by the way. That's all about your clients, your users' attention span. In reality, uh, you need to make users feel this aha moment before 
one of their uh, followers retweets their latest thing, or their managers asks for a video call to uh, go over the latest tasks. Actually, uh, you are competing with all this crazy stuff, and we are also following jobs to be done growth, growth framework to our business decisions. And so I believe it's true that any kind of business is betting for their audiences shared attention span now. And it's, it's a much more horizontal competition. That's why I gave some examples from Twitter or Instagram. You're also competing with these social media platforms in this 10 to 15 minutes. So if you can show your value proposition during this initial paid off time, your users in the first 10 to 15 minutes, unfortunately, it becomes incredibly difficult to increase these customers' activation, acquisition, and retention. That's why these first few minutes are of onboarding are the most important ones. Even worse, if you couldn't give them the aha moment in this short period of time, you will just be a step for them to go look for another alternative, which is bad. And this way, you will be just sending them to your competitors. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I really also enjoyed previously when you said that you're also competing against social media, like Instagram and Facebook, because I think we're all pretty guilty of just like picking up our phones and scrolling through um, as we're waiting for something to load or to understand how a product works. So I do think that that's a great, you know, another part of onboarding that you should always think about. It's not just your competitors. You have social media too, that is a distraction. Absolutely. And most probably they are much better than uh, your competitors to give some cheap dopamine to your to your brand new users. Yeah, that's the real danger for you. Yeah, totally. So do you have an example of a product where their time to value is so incredibly fast? And it's it's in that two to three minutes just to kind of share with our listeners, you know, so they can get like a visual in their mind of what it looks like to have that time to value within that two to three minute time period. Yeah, actually I can give an example to you as far as i remember yeah notion was great actually they have hundreds of maybe thousands of templates for any kind of purposes miro uh yeah they're really good actually a lot and they're onboarding bubble.io yeah that was really uh, interesting for me yeah this kind of tools even though you can create many different stuff on this kind of platforms. Yeah, they're really good to give the aha moment in these initial 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, which actually you're bringing up a great point is so Notion, for example, they have a million different templates. So it really is dependent on what you go to Notion to use, which is why I think segmentation is such a big part of the onboarding experience. So can you talk a little bit about why segmentation is is such like plays such a critical role and why companies shouldn't hesitate to do that from the onset? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a great question. First of all, uh, your value proposition and the way you describe it to your users changes 
for different user segments. Let me give you an example from our company. In user guiding, we have two different ideal customer profiles. We call them Hustler Harry and Manager Mary. Hustler Harrys are mostly founders or earliest employees in smaller companies, and they need them cost-effective and easy to implement, easy and affordable user onboarding solution. We always emphasize ease of our material creation, ease of setup, and our affordable prices to hustle Harry's from the moment that we notice that these guys are hustle Harry's. On the other hand, manager minis, uh, who are most product managers in bigger and scaling companies, uh, they're not actually that price sensitive. I mean, you don't need to emphasize you have some affordable prices to manager minis. Uh, they need all-in-one onboarding solutions, which they can activate, engage, uh, track, and get feedback on. They have also enough team members to implement and advance features and integrations. That's why we highlight contextual experience and advanced analytics in their onboarding process. In a nutshell, actually, I think if you can't segment it, you can't manage it because their needs, their motivation, their budget, their time, are totally different. Personalized experience are on the rise more than ever before. Today's users are not looking for general solutions. So personalized products uh, require personalized onboarding. Yeah, I think that's great. I think all of us are just used to personalized experiences in general, whether it's like going on Netflix and seeing what's recommended to you or going into Notion and seeing what templates the best one for you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of monitoring your user onboarding experience, so obviously it's an ongoing process, as you said, what should you monitor to ensure that what you're doing is actually successful? What's a healthy metric that people should follow? Hmm. Yeah, you are seeing the the metrics that you should follow, right? Or we are following right now. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, as everybody knows, I'm talking about your uh, audience, by the way, in SaaS, yeah, for product adoption can have some serious and some critical consequences, such as low feature activation, high churn, and high customer support workload. Yeah, in short, if you don't have a good product adoption, no matter how robust the product you have or how talented salespeople you hire, your company will have some uh, serious issues if you want to scale effectively. I'm sure everybody has one or two main metrics for each growth pillar. In addition to some must-have metrics, such as visitor to sign up, sign up to uh, subscriber uh, conversion rates, I strongly suggest them to uh, track their metrics that everybody must take to become a product-qualified lead. After defining product-led growth as our main growth framework, the most important metric we follow uh, became the sign up to product qualified lead rate. Uh, we noticed that the main challenge is to turn more leads to uh, product qualified ones. A significant ratio of PKLs uh, eventually become a customer 
and keep getting uh, value from our product for many years. Yeah, the most important issue here is, of course, to be able to define PQL correctly. After then, you just need to iterate and design your onboarding process to improve this metric. And it's all about iteration. I'm sure you need to track and improve your product adoption logs constantly. Yeah, most probably you need to change your PQL definition or your not star metric again and again. I know it takes time and energy to define these metrics to need to track, but your product marketing roadmap and your go-to-market strategy will be much clearer once you find the right metric. Yeah, I would suggest yeah, product-led growth and product-led onboarding books as well. These great books explain everything that needs to be done properly. And lastly, yeah, our product team and members joined Reforce Batch uh, last year, which helped us to gain an overall understanding and our operations starting to get better results. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, another good metric to follow is your time to value, as we discussed earlier, I think. Also, just in terms of what you're talking about for iteration, I'm wondering if you could maybe provide some examples to our listeners of some simple experiments they can do to optimize their onboarding, because it is such an ongoing process. And I think it would be helpful for them to hear like a practical way that they can follow through with that. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, we have to understand where we are and how is our existing user onboarding process performing and which metrics should we improve immediately, what are our pain points. Of course, we need to use some product analytics uh, tools to track and report it. On the other hand, we need to organize user interviews, of course. Uh, I also strongly recommend everybody watch user sessions uh, with uh, tools like Filster or Hotjar. Our product team spends a great amount of time to watch user sessions. Uh, after you define uh, the points we need to uh, fix immediately, just to create minimum testable version after a couple of tragic experiments in user guiding, uh, we started to make really easy tests before jumping to design and develop it. It will save a lot of time and effort, uh, which are the most important thing uh, for a start. I can share a few more quick experiment suggestions with the listeners. Yeah, as we have already mentioned, yeah, they can start by asking few questions, trivial questions during the sign-up process. Because if they are happy, if their clients will be happy, they will have enough time to ask more questions. They will not run away anywhere. They can redesign their empty page uh, to give more insights about what kind of benefits to be achieved. Empty pages are king. We love, we love them. They can also create a well-designed and easy-to-use templates. They are not easy to Create, but it is definitely working. We, we have already uh, talked about Notion's great template strategy. 
they can create some library for the best use cases, including videos, articles, and this kind of stuff. Yeah, lastly, interactive product tools and checklists are amazing to give give users a real product experience whenever they have uh, landed on, on their dashboard. Yeah, I think all of those are really helpful. Can you just give a quick definition of what an empty state is, just in case our listeners are confused what that term is? Yeah, sure. Empty states are the pages that your users haven't taken any action in your page. They are mostly empty, as you can understand uh, from the naming. But uh, you can give some information about uh, what they can succeed with this kind of page. You can give some examples. You can give some information and explanation what they can create with these features, with these empty pages after they take some actions. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Well, I think that was a great discussion. I love the best practices that you laid out for us and why time to value and why user onboarding is so important. Just wanted to wrap up and see if there's anything else you'd want to touch on that you think is really important to know about, you know, how to create that really fast value proposition for your product. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for wrapping up. And yeah, we have already discussed about some importance of the analytics tracking, segmentation, trading the onboarding flaws. Uh, Apart from this, I think we can discuss the best practices for great user onboarding and their three headings. Yeah. Uh, Firstly, it should be excellent result-oriented. A great user onboarding flow gets users to take real action, allowing them to leave the aha moment, not just watch it. Otherwise, you know, everyone can go to YouTube and watch some video tutorials on YouTube. But experiencing is much more fun and more memorable than just watching. Secondly, it must be laser uh, focus and lightning fast. We live in an age quick understanding is more important than ever. We should focus on getting users to start performing key actions as soon as possible. Uh, last but not least, it is very important to have an inclusive onboarding experience to turn using your product into habit. You know, every company is using many different tools to be able to offer a better experience for their end users and to offer the right solution at the right time, great onboarding should be aligned with the other onboarding and support materials. So whenever a user has some problem, your products offers the solution. Yeah, we can summarize like that. Awesome. So action-focused product tours, product education with content is what I'm hearing. And then, sorry, what was the second one that you mentioned? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, they just need the laser focus and uh, uh-huh. it should be quick. It should be fast. Yeah, we have already discussed. Yeah, we have a few minutes to give the aha moment. It should be laser focused. Definitely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, all of us are full of distractions. And so being focused on that goal is really important. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope you enjoyed it and learned something. 
Yeah, that was a great play for me. And thanks again for having me today. And I hope I could give a few quick actionable tips to the audience. Oh, for sure. Thank you for listening to the Product-Led Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a colleague or friends you know who might benefit. We are always looking at which episodes get the most listens so we know which content to create more of. So if you want more of this particular type of content or style of episode, please share it out. And in return, here's your selfish reason to do this. Uh, We will definitely create more content just like this episode. (laughs) And if that's not your style, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us your favorite part about this podcast. I personally read every single one of these reviews and it gives me more ideas on what content we should do more of. Happy growing.